Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing PR and marketing strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. It's ideal for small business owners, including authors, artists and creatives on a budget who understand the value of getting yourself or your vegan brand featured regularly in the media, but can't afford to spend thousands of dollars or pounds a month to hire a publicist or PR firm. With Vegans in the Limelight, you get access to online video training that takes you through every step of how to get media coverage that can help you generate more leads and sales, as well as grow your email list and social media following. So we cover how PR and social media work in tandem, how to research and target the media without spending a cent, how to find the stories in your vegan brand on a regular basis, how to approach journalists the right way with ideas and stories. That's a really important one. How and when to write a media release. How to create an online media room for your website without spending heaps of time or money. How to respond to journalists' call-outs or queries, which is the easiest and quickest way to get media coverage and free publicity content marketing and PR, so how to create your own shareworthy stuff and leverage it to the max, writing and content creation tips for opinion pieces, listicles, features and columns, speaking gigs and PR, so how to leverage events to gain media coverage, and interview tips for print, online, radio and TV. Now, as well as the video training, which you go through at your own pace over 12 months, the program also includes a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live Q&A call. You can also post your questions throughout the year on the learning platform, and you can post your pitches and media releases and get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses. And it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, and creators. Current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows, as well as blogs and podcasts. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but don't have the budget to hire a publicist or PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enroll. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the program Vegans in the Limelight. And there's also a link on the show notes page. And if you have any questions about the program, including whether it's right for you, feel free to email me at katrina at veganbusinessmedia.com. Now for the main part of the show. 
So this is a special episode of Vegan Business Talk as it's episode number 100. I've interviewed a hundred brilliant vegan business owners for the show who've been really kind and generous in sharing their challenges and how they overcame them, along with providing practical strategies for success. I love how this community of entrepreneurs on a shared vision are willing to share their intel and tips to help other vegan business owners to succeed. I know that I personally learn heaps from every single person that I interview and I'm so grateful to everyone who contacts me personally or posts on social media to let me know how much they enjoy the podcast and how much they learn. So I just want to say a big thank you to all my interviewees for making the show a success and of course to you the audience for listening to and sharing the episodes. So for this episode I'm going to highlight five key lessons for vegan business owners that have come out of the 100 episodes and I'll be mentioning some of the interviewees along with the episode numbers so that you can check them out if you haven't already. And I'll also put links to these episodes on the show notes page of episode 100 at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. So let's get into it. The top five lessons that I think have come about from doing these 100 interviews. Lesson number one, everyone does it tough. So even if you've got the budget to hire a small team from the beginning, starting a business is a huge undertaking which challenges you on every level, physical, emotional and spiritual. Now, remember that most people only share the highlights of their life and business success on social media. Even when entrepreneurs occasionally share the downtimes, even those are generally carefully curated. So while someone might seem like they're doing really well and it's all happening for them, it's not all glamour and those successes that you see will have been countered by many, many more heartaches and frustrations. So, for example, Jeremy Johnson of Vegan Perfection, episode 12, almost had to close his distribution business before it even got started when he was importing chilled vegan goods from the UK into Australia and they got left out in the sun at Dubai Airport and were ruined. The fabulous Joy Pearson and Bart Potenza, episode 10, who run the successful Candle Cafe, Candle 79 and Candle Cafe West organic vegan restaurants in Manhattan, New York, experienced a time in the beginning of their business journey when they moved the original cafe's location and saw a huge drop in customers before the New York Times reviewed them and put them back on the map. So everyone's doing it tough and has those rough times. Lesson number two is resilience is the number one personal quality of successful business owners. Sticking it out even when the going gets tough. And it will, as we just learned from lesson number one. Running your business as a side hustle along your full-time day job is something that many of my guests did and continue to do. I was actually surprised to learn that Rebecca Mink of luxury vegan shoe brand Mink Shoes only went full-time in her business a couple of years ago and continued working as a celebrity stylist until then. 
Now, she started Mink Shoes way back in 2000, so that's 18 years ago, and she faced so much opposition from buyers and retailers, as well as factories. She was actually rejected by 16 Italian factories who didn't want to make or didn't know how to make vegan shoes at the time. But she stuck it out and she waited for the market to arrive, and now she's reaping the rewards of that resilience. You can listen to her interview in episode 99. Renee Prochnicki from Truth Belts, a Canadian belt firm, had a similar experience. She left her full-time job, then she had to return to working part-time, then full-time again, then eventually was able to go full-time into her business. And you can listen to her interview in episode 22. Seth Tibbert is another person who persevered with his Tempe business despite years of not making a profit and even resorting to living in a treehouse to save on rent before his product Tofurky hit the big time in the 1990s. And you can listen to his story in episode 7. So there's going to be lots of stops and starts and the people who are going to push through and succeed are not the ones who are getting caught up in so-called failure, but actually learning and not being afraid to, you know, perhaps go back to doing a day job for a while, either full-time or part-time, but sticking with it and persevering. Lesson number three, take time to relax. Spend time with your family and friends, meditate or do a hobby of some kind, something that's outside of the business. Now, personally, I love going to my community choir once a week on a Tuesday evening. It's open to absolutely anyone and you don't have to be able to sing in tune, which is really good because I definitely can't. (laughs) But you know what? It's so uplifting singing in a group and it always makes me feel happy whenever I leave, no matter how busy I am. People like Lisa Gawthorne, who owns sales and distribution company Bravura Foods in the UK, uh, do things like competitive running or other sports. So she's really walking the plant-based talk and you can check out her interview in episode 95. So these kinds of activities can really help to actually sharpen your brain uh, as well as taking care of your body. So sometimes you really do need to just step away from the business and do something else just find a little bit of time to do that. Lesson number four, everything costs more than you think it will. I hear this time and time again from entrepreneurs who, even if they've got the most detailed business plan, find that budgets tend to end up being anything from double to four or five times what you estimated them to be. So you need to be prepared for this and make sure you've got some kind of backup or buffer. Some people start their business with savings or from redundancy packages and others, as I've mentioned, keep their day jobs while they build their business. Now, other people seek investment. And I want to just talk a little bit about this because I get contacted by quite a lot of budding business owners or business owners who want to expand. And they ask me if I know of investors who'd want to support them. Now, there's pros and cons to having investors. You've got to remember that you're giving up equity in your company. So that's something you really need to consider carefully because you're essentially giving up a certain amount of control. 
You also need to make sure you get the right investors. So as Kiki Adami of Veganizer told me in episode 70, the restaurant she was managing back in 2014, Gust Organics, ended up closing because the investors didn't like the fact that she changed direction and made it completely plant-based, even though it did well as a vegan restaurant. The investors weren't happy. So you've got to make sure that you work together and collaborate with the right investors. Investors also want to see that you have some skin in the game. So if you're broke and you're looking for an investor, it's unlikely you're going to get much interest. They don't want to be the only ones taking a risk. So check out the episodes with Sebastiano Cossia Castiglione, episode number seven, Liz D, number 31, Jody Rash, number 76, Lee Coates, 83, Jonathan Petrides, 98, and David Benzakin, number 29, to get a good idea of what investors look for, how to know whether you're ready for investment, how to pitch an investor, and much more. And finally, lesson five is collaboration is essential to success. What I love about vegan entrepreneurs is their willingness to collaborate with each other and lift each other up so it's a win-win. Nigel Wright Brown and Gregory Brown of the Land of Kush vegan soul food restaurant in Baltimore do a brilliant job of working with other eateries in their local area on initiatives like Baltimore Vegan Restaurant Week and Vegan Soul Fest that bring thousands of people to the area to try vegan food. And you can listen to their interview in episode 62, and they'll soon be opening a second location, which is fantastic. Jessica Bailey, a good friend of mine who runs the cruelty-free shop chain of vegan supermarkets in Australia, puts on the Vegan Day Out, a weekend event where, again, she works with local eateries, both vegan and non-vegan, to put on specials to attract more customers who want to eat vegan food. And you can listen to her interview in episode 39. Jonathan Petrides of plant-based delivery service All Plants in the UK did some smart recipe testing by inviting family and friends to a friend's cafe after hours. And because it was a friend's cafe, the venue was free. Tammy Fry explains in episode 85 how Fry's, a family-owned vegan protein company, regularly collaborates with non-profits, charities and activists, which helps to raise the profile of the business. And my lovely friend Kathy Devine is a wonderful example of a true collaborator. She works with vegans from across the globe on various initiatives, including her books Plant Powered Men, Plant Powered Women and Vegans Are Cool, as well as her latest Plant Powered Women's Project, which includes a conference leadership series. And she discusses this in detail in episode 90. She held the first of these conferences in Sydney just last month. That's March 2018, if you're listening in the future. And I was delighted to be a keynote speaker. Kathy's always so generous in sharing content and doing whatever she can to help and promote other vegans and veganism in general. And we can certainly succeed more easily when we collaborate and help each other. So those are the top five lessons that I've got from my first 100 episodes of Vegan Business Talk interviews. 
I hope you found them helpful. And if you've missed any episodes, they're available on veganbusinessmedia.com or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio and other places. And as I mentioned earlier, you can find links to the interviews mentioned in this episode on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 100. I'm looking forward to bringing you more excellent interviews with wonderful vegan business owners, as well as some solo episodes from me with tips on raising the profile of your vegan business. So here's to the next 100 episodes of Vegan Business Talk. Thanks for being on the journey with me. Now for our Vegan Business News Roundup. Restaurant owners who took animal products off their menus and turned their eateries vegan over the past couple of years have seen a hike in sales and social media followings, according to an informal survey by Kiki Adami, founder of specialist hospitality consulting firm Veganizer in New York. Out of 22 restaurants located in the US, UK and Australia that made the switch to 100% plant-based offerings contacted by Kiki and her team, 17 responded. All reported increased sales of between 10% and 1,000%. Food costs were varied, with some going up, others going down and the rest remaining the same. Meanwhile, social media followings for the veganised restaurants increased between 100% and 15,000%. Nick's Kitchen, a Filipino restaurant in Daly City, California, for example, which turned vegan just seven months ago, saw a 1,000% increase in gross sales against a 433% increase in food costs. The Fields Beneath, a cafe in North London, England, which put a notice in its window explaining to customers why it would no longer serve dairy milk for coffee due to the horrible cruelty to cows, saw its social media following leap from 700 to 7,000 Instagram followers in the space of just one month. And it's also maintained a gross profit of 68% after turning vegan in March 2017. Now, I worked with Kiki on this to produce an exclusive story for my Forbes column, so you can check that out for a more in-depth analysis on the results, as well as some helpful tips from Kiki and others on how to successfully veganize a restaurant. And I'll put a link to that article on the show notes page. More than half of Canadians eat meat alternatives, according to a new report by research firm Mintel. The research shows that 53% of Canadians say they eat meat alternatives, including 1 in 5 or 18% who claim to eat them at least a few times a week. The research found that just 5% of Canadians say they're vegetarian and only 2% eat vegan diets, so the health angle may be helping to drive the category as 2 in 5 Canadians overall agree that meat alternatives are healthier than meat. Although meatless burgers and meatless poultry are the alternatives that Canadians are most likely to consume, that's 34% and 32% respectively, other meat alternative types are gaining traction among consumers. A quarter of Canadians say they've eaten meatless hot dogs, while 26% have eaten meatless deli slices and 23% meatless bacon. 
Now, interestingly, many of those who eat meat alternatives have a desire for products to more resemble meat, as nearly a third, or 31%, look for meat-like flavours and a quarter look for meat-like textures when purchasing meat alternatives. So this is really useful information if you make plant-based meat alternatives and you're looking to target mainstream consumers. Vegans don't necessarily want products that look, smell, taste or feel like animal foods. I know I certainly don't, but many non-vegans do. So I suspect we're going to continue to see a growth in these types of products, such as the ones produced by companies like Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Finally, vegan chef Chloe Coscarelli has filed a lawsuit against E-Squared Hospitality, the company she originally partnered with to launch the By Chloe chain of fast casual plant-based eateries in New York and then internationally in a bid to reclaim her name, reports Veg News. The suit cites 14 different causes of action, including violation of the right of publicity, trademark infringement, and copyright infringement. The suit alleges that the name by Chloe was chosen by E-Squared to capitalise on Coscarelli's celebrity, and claims that E-Squared CEO James Haber sent Coscarelli threatening messages. E-Squared ousted Coscarelli from By Chloe in March 2017 and recently raised $31 million to continue its national and international expansion. Coscarelli's complaint alleges that E-Squared has interfered with her ability to use her name for new ventures. So this is an interesting turn of events and since this episode is focused on lessons for entrepreneurs, I think this story is a reminder to be very careful about the use of your name, especially when you're in business with another party. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out and I will keep you updated. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.